You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M, and it's never too early to look ahead at the top 10 for the 2021 season, and that's exactly where Texas A&M lands on the way too early top 10 rankings, according to CBS Sports. If you like SEC talk and much, much more, make sure you subscribe to the Locked On SEC podcast with Chris Gordy of Sports Talk 790. Gordy breaks down all 14 teams, making sure that you are caught up on everything you need to know about college basketball, college football, and college baseball with the NCAA tournament right around the corner. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. As always, make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th May related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So the one thing we always talk about here on the podcast, or what we really talk about mostly in the state of Texas, is Texas A&M versus Texas. Which is the school that is more complete? What is the school that feels a little bit more ready? What is the school that's going to take the next leap? And... You know, I think going into this season, a lot of people have high expectations for Steve Sarkeesian. And they should, because Steve Sarkeesian is a very good head coach. And everything that we've seen from him from his past at Washington and at USC backs that he can actually be a pretty good head coach. But it's also funny, when you're looking at it, Jimbo Fisher in the SEC has proven to be an excellent head coach. And so, once again, we're entering this conversation of which head coach would you go with for the next couple years? Now, Paul Feinbaum came on the roundtable at Jocks Jocks in, in Birmingham, Alabama to talk about a variety of football topics. But one thing that was asked was, if you had to decide right now between the former Alabama OC and Jimbo Fisher over the next five years, who would you go with? And this is exactly what Paul Feinbaum said. Listen. I like Sark a lot, but I think it's a really fair, easy answer is Jimbo Fisher. Um, Forget what he said two weeks ago when he said that A&M would beat Alabama's Nick Saban prior to retirement. Forget all the hype. I mean, Jimbo Fisher is legitimately a big-time coach. He's already proven it at Florida State. He's proving it now. He's recruiting at a level I think that is necessary, and he doesn't have the distractions and interfaces that Sarkeesian's going to have in terms of the alumni. And that's meaning at Texas, I mean, at UT. I think what you have to look at is how the fan base can't get over itself. That was something that Feinbaum stated. What I think the difference is, is that going into the season, A&M's fan base has realistic expectations. They're sitting here looking at, you know, what happened last year. And they know that there's a very good shot they can build off of the 2020 season where they went 9-1. and one and won their first New Year's Six Bowl game and finished with the highest ranking since 1939. There's a lot to build off of. If the offensive line can be stabilized, if you can find a number one wide receiver, and you can be stable enough at quarterback, you don't even have to be amazingly talented. You just got to be significantly strong at quarterback. 
as long as you do those three things, you're going to set yourself up to be in a really good spot for the upcoming season. Meanwhile, you look at Texas. What is Texas? Are they a team that was a great, you know, roster with all the pieces at hand offensively and defensively that had a bad coach? Or are they a team that's going to take about a year or two to really reassess, reevaluate, look at the situation and go, okay, now we know we're going to contend. That's the difference when you look at these two schools. I look at Texas A&M and I can sit here and go, okay, there's a very good shot that as long as the quarterback situation is handled, they're going to be competent enough to go up against Alabama at home in week six And in my opinion, probably win the SEC West. Texas, they're going to get a big time win somewhere. Maybe it is against Oklahoma. Maybe it is against Iowa State. They're also going to drop a game to a Iowa. I mean, um, they're also going to drop a game to a Oklahoma State or a Kansas State or a uh, West Virginia because that's what Texas does every year. They have this monumental, huge win over this powerhouse team And then they blow it. They lose by like 15 to a small school. Or a team that's not really going to be competitive for the Big 12 Championship. Thus allowing Oklahoma to take over the title. And maybe, I mean just maybe. Because again, it's the top two teams that get to go every single season to the Big 12 Championship. Maybe they'll finish second. But let's look at the quarterback position. Is Casey Thompson or Hudson Card the guy? And if that's the case, are they good enough to go up against Spencer Rattler? Until proven otherwise, Oklahoma still is the powerhouse kingdom of the Big 12. Just like Alabama is the powerhouse kingdom of the SEC. But I do think that Georgia is right there. I think Texas A&M is right there. That's the difference. The expectations from the fan base going into the season or that they can't get over themselves is a little different. There's a very deep unit, especially defensively, And on special teams, plus with the coaching staff, they're not losing anything. They're going to be set to probably be one of, if not the biggest riser in the college football playoff conversation. They were one game out from finishing in the college football playoff last year. One game. I mean, mean, you can make an argument that going into this year, after what we saw with Ohio State, should they have been in? Like, honestly, should they have? Because you could make a valid conversation that they should have been in over Clemson. And if Ohio State was going to lose by 28, well, why not put in the team that lost by 28 in week two to Alabama and give them an opportunity? Yeah, would it have had lower ratings than a team like a Notre Dame or a team like an Ohio State? Probably. Would people still have been intrigued and would people still have watched? Absolutely. No doubt in my mind they would have watched. That's the difference when I look at Texas A&M. And when I look at Texas, going into the year, Texas, I like Texas. I think Texas is going to be a really good program under the likes of Steve Sarkeesian. And that's exactly what you're saying, what what Five Bomb's saying. They're going to be a really good team. But based off resumes right now, teams almost to the college football playoff conversation, team has no idea what direction they're going in. UT falters to A&M. A&M is the big brother of 2021. UT is the little brother for next season. That's just the reality of it. 
This episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, you know the Built Bar codes of the past. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. But the biggest thing of all is they're covered in 100% real chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. So whether you go with a coconut, a cherry, a raspberry, or a peanut butter brownie, you will have that sweet chocolatey taste on the outside. They're low in sugar, low low in uh, carbs, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for anybody on the keto diet. I start my day off every single day with a peanut butter brownie protein because it's got... 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. There's not a product like this out out on the shelves. Go visit BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next purchase. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas AM. Let's go ahead and talk about this. Every single team is going to be looking ahead to where they go or where they rank in next season. And for Texas AM, there's an argument to be had that they could easily be a top five team. Now, other people will say that they're probably a top 10 team. But where do they really rank? According to USA Today and their first top 25 rankings, they are in the top 10. They come in at number 8. I don't mind number 8. I really don't. And I look at that number 8 spot and it doesn't actually bother me until I see the two teams ahead of them. Iowa State and Cincinnati. Real fast, the top 10 is Alabama 1 Oklahoma, number two, Ohio State, number three, Clemson, number four, Georgia, number five, Iowa State, number six, Cincinnati, number seven, Texas A&M, number eight, Notre Dame, number nine, Florida, number 10, LSU, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Oregon, Iowa, Penn State, Indiana, Miami, USC, Arizona State, Oklahoma State, Texas, Coastal Carolina, Washington, Louisiana, round off the top 25. Of this group, I get why you're saying Texas A&M is coming in at number eight. Because if you look at every other position, Oklahoma has Spencer Rattler. Clemson has DJ Ugalalele. Georgia has JT Daniels. Iowa State has Brock Purdy. And Cincinnati has Desmond Ritter. If we're going just based off quarterback, I can get the argument of why Texas A&M is number eight. Because at the same time, you're replacing Ian Book at Notre Dame, and you're replacing Kyle Trask with Emory Jones at Florida. So I get why they're number nine. What I don't get is how you can justifiably say, with this defense, they're number eight. Like I said, nine full-time starters are returning, and you're not really replacing those other two starters. You're really using players who saw significant snaps last season in opposite roles, as a three-tech and as a will-backer, step up and play the mic-backer and the nose-tackle in Andre White Jr. and McKinley Jackson, respectively. So I like this top 10 list, and I get it. I understand what people kind of say. And, and there's a couple of games where, you know, of course, you look going into next season, AM is going to have some struggles. Ole Miss is not an easy win anymore. LSU... You finally are on a winning streak against LSU. Keep that momentum, especially going now to Tiger Stadium for 2021. I expect a bigger year from Mississippi State. You have to win these games. But to say that Texas A&M, after the success they had last season, 
And the only reason that you're not going to put them inside the top 10 or the top five is because of the quarterback situation. It's a little concerning to me. And maybe you're underselling them. So, as I always do with these rankings, I give my top 10. So let's just go ahead and get this out of the way. My top 10 going into next season. Number 10 for me is Notre Dame. The biggest loss for them isn't just Ian Book, it's Clark Leah, the defensive coordinator. They're going to have to replace his style of motion, they're going to have to replace his style of defense, and they got a really good one in Cincinnati's defensive coordinator. So, I think they're going to be fine, and again, they're moving back to the independence, so where they don't have to play in all ACC schedule. That may hurt their chances of going to the college football playoff, but it still keeps them in the running for probably a New Year's Six Bowl. Number nine for me is Cincinnati. Yeah, you have Desmond Ritter. But you also lost one of your key offensive linemen in James Hudson. You lost two key defensive players. And you're hopefully going to have that same mentality going into next season. Keep in mind that Cincinnati has been a team on the rise for a minute. They were really good when they had a face-off against Memphis in the AAC Championship back in 2019. They built off that success going into 2020. They can still be a good team. But I can't put them that high, especially when you look at what they've lost. Number eight is Florida. Florida, to me, is a team that I view as maybe the biggest winner or loser of the upcoming season. Think about this for a second. When you look at Florida, they're replacing an offensive tackle, multiple defensive players, They're keeping Todd Grantham. They're also replacing Kyle Trask with maybe an upgrade in Emory Jones. It could be. But you're also replacing Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Toney, and Trayvon Grimes. That's a lot of production from what you saw last season. And Emory Jones may be a really talented quarterback. But that's not to say that there will not be faults in Florida. The difference between Florida and Texas A&M in this conversation is the SEC West statistically is tougher than than the SEC East. Florida's going to be able to get by all these teams except for maybe one in Georgia. And that alone is going to be their loss along with Alabama this season. Number seven, Iowa State. Iowa State is very lucky that they're in the top 10 because of if Brock Purdy would have left and the tight end, I'm blanking on his name, would have also left, they probably would not be a top 10 team. Matt Campbell's done a great job building this team from a nothing losing, incompetent school into a really talented roster. And I got to give them credit there. They have one of the best running backs in the game in Brees Hall. They have an incredible pocket passing quarterback in Brock Purdy. And their defense is not bad. But they also play where you're going to have to score consistently, score often, And when you match up defensively, A&M versus Iowa State, if you eliminate the offense of Iowa State, this is a 30-plus win for A&M. It's just the way it is. Number six, I'm going to put Ohio State here. Ohio State has lost a lot of talent offensively and defensively. They're replacing multiple starters on the defensive line, multiple stars at the linebacker position, multiple starters at running back, and while they do have Master Teague and Chris Olave, they have to build that interior offensive line. 
This is the first time for Ryan Day where I look at him and go, you know what? They may be a good team, but they definitely are not in that conversation going into the season as a top-level team in college football. Number five is Texas A&M. I know a lot of people are going to go, why do you have Texas A&M this low? You got to make sure the offensive line is good. You got to make sure the offensive line is protecting whoever is under center. Defensively, this is a top three team in the in the college football round. There's not even a close second. This is probably the starting point. Texas A&M's defense, everybody else in the SEC. But you have to get the quarterback right. And I'll give you a hint. Alabama to me is not number one. They aren't. Because they too also have to replace the quarterback. Number four is Georgia. Georgia has the quarterback in JT Daniels. A guy who was never going to lose his job at USC if it didn't come down to him being hurt and Keaton Slovis playing out of his mind. That's just sometimes the case, and that was the case with JT Daniels. If they would have started Daniels last season, do they beat Alabama? Does Georgia beat Alabama? Maybe. I could see it. I absolutely could see it. And I have no doubt in my mind that there would be a conversation to be had that, yeah, maybe they could. In fact, absolutely maybe they could. Number three is Clemson. They're replacing the quarterback, but much like Texas A&M, they have a defense. They're returning 10 of the 11 defensive starters, and the one defensive player they are losing, they're losing because of he was dismissed from the program and Darion Kendrick. If DJ Ugalalele is the right guy, good for him. Good for him. But if he's not, you're going to be able to mask some of those flaws in his in his first full season as the starter because they still have a good interior offensive line. They're getting Justin Ross back to the wide receiver core, and that defense is going to cause a lot of three and outs. Number two is Alabama. Alabama is not is not replacing a lot of starters defensively, but they are replacing Mac Jones with Bryce Young, with Bill O'Brien as the starting quarterback. I mean, starting OC. Remember what he did with a mobile quarterback in Deshaun Watson? Remember what happened when Bill O'Brien was fired and Deshaun Watson started playing again? Completely different player. First four weeks of the season, when Texans went 0-4, versus the last 12 weeks of the season, where it looked like he finally was in his rhythm. To me, that's the problem here. You gotta be able to get Bryce Young playing at a high-end level. And if you can, good. But I can't put Alabama lower than Texas A&M for this reason. They won the national title. You got to give it to them. And number one is Oklahoma. If Oklahoma is the team to beat, it's because of their defense and it's because of the quarterback. I do not think Spencer Rattler is going to work in the NFL. I've said that multiple times. I've said this on this podcast. I've said that to John Williams of Locked On Sooners. I do not think he's going to work. What I will say is he works for Lincoln Riley. And this is the best quarterback overall that Riley has had. He's bigger than Baker Mayfield. He's quicker than Kyler Murray. He's got a better arm than Jalen Hurts. And he's physical like all three to another level. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. This is the team that's going to be the one to beat. This is the year Oklahoma, I think, actually has has a conversation to be number one going into the season. The pieces that they're losing, they can easily replace, and they have the quarterback and the one that most people are saying is going to be in line to be the number one team. 
I would throw Oregon right on the outside with Notre Dame. Maybe if they can figure out what they're going to do with their offensive line, they'll be top 10. But until then, they're, they're my outside team looking in. Who do you want to see become the next it team in the SEC? Or who do you think is the number one team when all is said and done? Go ahead and make your bets right now. But when you do make those bets, make sure you go to the one place you love and the one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag gives you the best buyouts, the best bets, and the best numbers every single time you visit them at BetOnline underscore AG or follow them on social media at the same platform. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get into the action when you use the promo code BetOnline underscore AG and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. In 25 minutes or less, you can get caught up on everything you need to know in the sporting realm with the brand new show, Locked on Today. Locked on Today brings you everything from college basketball to college football to the NBA playoffs to MLB breaking news and much, much more with Peter Bukowski and his staff. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So Texas A&M. There's a little bit under two weeks until the dead period is lifted, and that means visits can start happening, high school camps can be going on, and Texas A&M can kind of get back in the swing of things with the overall players. As a result, this is something that means busy, and being busy is good. Now, being busy in college football is a little bit of a risk because when you talk about it, being busy in college football you never have a moment to yourself. This is Jimbo Fisher's off time, and he's right now more so doing town halls and trying to meet with boosters and going around the country or around the state of Texas for these coaches' meetings and whatnot. But at the end of the day, you got to realize that this month in June, because of COVID-19, is going to be the busiest June, but it's an exciting June. Ross Bjork said on Tuesday at the Aggies Town Hall, um, uh, what did he say? Yeah, because of the recruiting showdown over the last 16 months, we can actually do on-campus evaluations in the sport of football for an hour. The crazy thing is that we were going to only work out individually with a position coach, so there's not much quarterback thrown to receiver or defensive back able to cover, but you're able to get a test of the abilities and agilities and things like that. Jimbo Fisher also said, I like to think this is very big because a lot of these guys we've never seen. At least at uh, at last class, you had a lot of contact with them, whether they were on campus or things like that. By canceling the camps a year ago, this new group of guys you've never been able to connect around will be so important for both sides, and I think that we'll be able to get some normalcy in how we're trying to do things and live a normal life. Everything is about trying to get back to normal. This past year for a lot of people has been a long one, and myself included. I mean, I'm one of the people who lost their jobs due to COVID. I'm somebody who has been struggling to find a brand new pathway or a way to break back in to my old job. And it stinks. But little by little, as the country opens back up again, not only are we getting some normalcy, but it's coming in at lightning speed. It's left, right, left, right, keep it going, moving, 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 moving. And there's no downtime. So for Texas A&M, going into this month, we're not only are they going to try to solidify the commits for the 2022 recruiting class, but build for the 2023 recruiting class 
and also get ready for the 2021 season, that is a busy month ahead for all involved. That's good for this edition of Locked On Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Tomorrow, Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers will be joining the podcast. We'll also be breaking down my interview side of what I believe Buddy Johnson and Dan Moore Jr., where they will fit and how they will fit with the Steelers in the Steel City. We'll be breaking that down and much, much more. See you tomorrow. And remember, you can y'all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.